Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. We have some breaking and very sad news. Actor James Gandolfini has died. Hollywood is mourning the loss of veteran actor James Gandolfini. On June 19, 2013, James Gandolfini died of a heart attack in Rome. Is he 51? 51. So young, yeah. he's 51 years old. A famously intense character actor, he was credited with changing the very nature of television acting. He brought cinematic acting into television. His talent was unbelievable. Yeah. First appearing in films such as True Romance and Get Shorty, it was the HBO series The Sopranos that made him a household name. He was Tony Soprano. He really humanized the role of a mob boss. Tony Soprano redefined television as we'd known it. But his dedication to his craft took a deep toll on the actor. Jim went to dark places when he played dark characters. It was eight years of killing and killing and killing and killing. And rumors of addiction and excess followed him throughout his career. It was on the screen. It was also <laughs> happening in his real life. His autopsy states that James Gandolfini suffered acute myocardial infarction, otherwise known as a heart attack, at the age of just 51. But to me, this statement raises as many questions as it answers. I want to investigate what might have caused him to die in this way at this relatively young age. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has conducted thousands of autopsies. As the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities... He works closely with law enforcement to investigate suspicious deaths. James Gandolfini died at just 51 years old. To suddenly die at this age is rare and suggests to me severe and deep-seated health issues. I'm going to analyze every part of his medical history in order to discover what really led to his premature death. March 2013, Brooklyn. James is filming his new movie, The Drop. His 45th film, it's a crime thriller with Tom Hardy and further evidence of his status as a Hollywood A-lister. He did a number of films that people really liked and, and were very, very good. He wanted to be the best artist he could possibly be. He plays a bar owner in over his head with the Russian mafia. The blend of tough but vulnerable, that is James's stock and trade. He was uh, something of a tough guy. This was a guy who was an edge to him. And that kind of came through in the majority of roles that we, that we saw him in. James splits his time between New York and L.A., where his son lives with his ex-wife. And James is already planning a father-son vacation to Rome once the shoot's finished. Jim was extremely close with his son, Michael. He spent as much time with him as possible. He would drive him to school every morning. 
He's a very, very good father. But the vacation will be James's last. In less than three months, he will be dead. At the time of his death, James was six foot one and approaching 300 pounds. At almost twice the recommended weight for someone of his height, he was clinically obese. But he was working nonstop in the months leading up to his death, filming up to 10 hours a day, which takes a huge amount of stamina. Therefore, despite being overweight, he appeared to be in relatively good health at the end of his life. At this stage in the investigation, the cause of death is not immediately apparent. James Joseph Gandolfini Jr. grew up in Park Ridge, New Jersey to Italian parents. His father was the head janitor at the local Catholic high school. Jim came from a blue-collar background. His mother was the lunch lady at his school. You know, there was no Gatsby in, in Jim Gandolfini. His Italian heritage was deeply ingrained into the young James. He was a child of immigrants, and I think that history and whatever he, he had heard about it influenced him. James got the acting bug at school after landing the lead role in the school production of Kiss Me Kate. At a young age, Jim knew that he wanted to act. I'm not sure how much support he got from his family. Rather than become an actor, his parents wanted him to go to college. Friend Mark met him at Rutgers University, where James was studying communications. People loved him. Everyone loved him. He had a great natural charisma. Girls really liked him. Big, broad-shouldered, had long, blondish hair. You know, he's a really good-looking kid. Uninterested in his studies, he told friends about his true passion. I knew he wanted to be an actor. He just didn't know how to go about doing it. But after studying, he took a series of casual jobs, from managing a New York nightclub to furniture removal. Hey, the lady, we gon' it. It wasn't until he hit his mid-twenties that James enrolled in an acting class run by Catherine Gately. He had so many sides of him and complexities to him. He was a truly authentic person. At first, she had trouble getting James to express his full range of emotions. He avoided anger, and that was the thing that I kept pushing and pushing. Until one day at rehearsal, he completely let go, destroying the set in the process. And after it was over, he was, he was thrilled. And then he said later, that's when I realized there was a lot of things I'm capable of doing. It was this ability to control the simmering emotion beneath the surface that would land him a string of roles playing psychos and mobsters. Hi. <laughs> he felt that every human being, no matter how bad they were, had goodness to them. Give me a hand. He always realized that if he was to play a villain or a psychopath, he had to really help the audience, have empathy for the characters. You are unbelievably cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. He never wanted to play a killer as a 
killer. He just thought that was so silly. But even after his eye-catching role as Virgil in True Romance, he still had to supplement his acting with bar work and odd jobs. And it wasn't until the age of 38 that he landed the role of angst-ridden mob boss Tony Soprano. I think he really believed that he was very lucky to be where he was and that with a couple more mishaps uh, of fate, he'd still be a bartender someplace. Looking back at pictures of James Gandolfini, it's clear that his weight increased dramatically when he took on the role of Tony Soprano. And it seems that this change in his physical appearance was rooted in his dedication to his acting. Gandolfini studied the Meisner technique, which requires the actor to transform into a new persona. When it came to playing Tony Soprano, James saw his size as an essential part of the role. When I, when I do get thin, which is not often, but when it does happen, I, I don't feel the same. I don't walk the same. He doesn't walk the same, you know, with that lumber. And, uh, you know, he sits like this. I, it's, it's important. If you look at the beginning of, of The Sopranos in 99, he was 230, 240 pounds. Jim was 6'1", 285 pounds when I met him. I think he knew in the back of his mind, but no one's going to believe in a skinny mob boss. Brent Seaman was James's stand-in on the movie Lonely Hearts, shot just before the final Sopranos series. The production said, you know, listen, if you want to be his stand-in and photo double, you're going to have to put on weight. Sopranos co-star Joe Pantoliano recalls James's attitude to eating on set. We did a breakfast scene in a diner, and he was eating steak and eggs. Watch any other show, any other actor, or actresses especially, they never, they play with the food, right? They never swallow. Jimmy G swallowed. And, I mean, he went through about four or five steak and eggs. But there were question marks over the effect this was having on James's health. I think... That weight gain was a sign and a symbol of, of the toll it was taking on him, and I worried about him. It took its toll. It really did. Just looked down and I said, Jim, you, you got to get some of this weight off. And of course his response was, this I know. At 300 pounds, James was at risk of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes, as well as coronary heart disease all of which carry significant risk of heart attack. So I have no doubt that James' weight and unhealthy diet played a role in his death. April 2013, Brooklyn, three months before his death. Filming of The Drop is coming to an end. But an eyewitness report suggests James was struggling physically. At one point, he leaves the set during a spell of breathlessness. He had breathing issues. If you watch The Sopranos, you could hear him breathing. It doesn't surprise me that James had trouble breathing. As well as being overweight, I can see he was a smoker. As Tony Soprano... 
James was rarely seen without a cigar. And it seems the actor enjoyed cigars, too. I actually have a copy of Cigar Aficionado, the magazine where he was on the cover right after the uh, sixth season of The Sopranos. Smoking would have put further strain on an already overworked heart. Although cigar smokers tend not to inhale, nicotine from the smoke is absorbed in the mouth, raising blood pressure while carbon monoxide reduces the amount of oxygen in the bloodstream. And like a high-fat diet, it is a known cause of heart disease. Overall, I'm starting to form a picture of a man who put his acting and the stresses that went with it before his health. I want to understand what effect this had on his mental and physical well-being. There was a tremendous amount of pressure for Jim. He was in this role of Tony Soprano for almost a decade. It took a toll on him. Standing here in front of the hotel where James Gandolfini suffered a heart attack last night. James Gandolfini, best known for his role as mob boss Tony Soprano, died of a heart attack in Rome at the age of just 51. Now, renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is examining James's medical records and first-hand testimonies to determine what happened. So far, I have discovered that Gandolfini was very overweight and that he smoked, both of which would have caused significant stress to his heart. It also hints at a reckless lifestyle and a certain disregard for his own well-being. In order to understand why he died so young, I need to investigate what was behind this attitude and in what further ways it impacted on him. June 2013, Los Angeles, two weeks prior to his death. James calls up ex-fiancee Laura Somoza. He met Laura while making the movie The Mexican. She was a production assistant on the film, and the two became engaged. But James and Laura separated in 2005. Now James has an eight-month-old baby with his second wife, Deborah. We had information at the time that James was unhappy before he died and that James was reaching out to Laura in an attempt to get her back into his life. There are indications that James was dealing with emotional issues and a troubled private life in the months leading up to his death. Like the character that he played, Tony Soprano, I can see that James sought out therapy over the years. He was an introspective person and wrestled with self-loathing. One of James's issues was self-doubt. Jim was very insecure. He would always say, um, you know, I'm not a great actor. He just really didn't have a lot of confidence in himself. When he was cast in a role, he was well known for calling the producers and asking them to give it to someone better who deserved it more. When he first auditioned for Tony Soprano, they did the pilot and then he watched it and he was so aghast and horrified by his work that he writes this letter to HBO 
And he says, I'm so horrible in this, and I've wasted your time, and I've sent a check to pay for you for all the time that I've wasted, and I thank you very much for considering me. I really thought that they would pick someone, you know, different than I. You know, a suave, good-looking mafioso guy. Um, you know, just somebody a little more leading man type, basically. But the network bosses knew better. This is unheard of, you know, in an industry where it's all about putting yourself first and kind of making sure you're seen and you know, other people aren't. You have that kind of self-doubt. One has to wonder if self-care comes easily at all. James's Italian New Jersey upbringing was intrinsic to many of the characters he brought to life. He was a Hollywood guy, but I think the, the Jersey-ness of him uh, never left. And that's what made him so successful in the role. But friend Mark believes it may also have had a less positive impact. He's a Southern Italian, and I'm a Southern Italian. There's still some ruffles with assimilation. There is this sense that we don't really belong anywhere. And I think that inherent in our character is this sense of self-doubt. Are we good enough? The early 2000s, on the set of The Sopranos, feelings of low self-esteem were compounded by the difficulty he had remembering the pages of dialogue required of him. Jim was a perfectionist. There were a few times that he did tell me that he got angry on set because he didn't have his lines down. Oftentimes, he was extremely upset with himself, angry at himself, uh, going into minor rages to the point where he would sometimes physically hit himself. Some actors really can get in touch with the sacredness of the art form. And when it's not reaching that potential, they, they get terribly, terribly upset. In our hyper-masculated society, being angry is much more acceptable than being sad. James grew up when being a guy and being sad wasn't okay, but being a guy and being angry, well, that was absolutely fine. Angry outbursts have a clear link to heart attack. People who experience periods of intense anger are thought to be many times more likely to have a heart attack in the two hours after the outburst. And I'm wondering whether anger could have played a part in his death. Lie to me. James admitted that he suffered from anger issues. Did you do it? No. I believe that Jim went to dark places when he played dark characters. I think it was easy for him because he had a dark side to himself. Come on, Tony. During a rare interview, he said of mob boss Tony Soprano, I'm playing an Italian lunatic from New Jersey. And that's basically what I am. Friends and family worried about the strain it was having on him. You really have to ask yourself, how does it, you know, start to affect you? 
He immersed himself in these characters, and some of these characters were, were genuinely psychotic. They're psychopathic, very dark, very violent, and you know he would have had to have drawn on his own experience of of anger, of, of frustration, of all of those negative emotions to at least come close to to being able to emulate that. In addition to that, he would have had to have stayed in character, which means there was no respite for him. When there was an intense scene. You certainly didn't want to get in the way of Jim's preparation. On the day that he died, James was on vacation with his son and was reported to look relaxed and happy. So I don't think anger directly contributed to his death. However, experiencing these emotions on a regular basis is not healthy and can lead to high blood pressure. As well as delving into his dark side to summon his anger and intensity, James would also put himself under physical stress by depriving himself of sleep or putting sharp stones in his shoes. The fact of the matter is, is that he's trying to show emotion in as real way as possible. So there's there's playing a part, and then there's being the part. And I think he very much tried to do this, the idea that he'd put himself in physical discomfort, you know, putting rocks in his shoes or, or, or becoming sleep-deprived. So he felt that angst. So he felt that discomfort and anger. Attests to the fact that these were real emotions for him. This wasn't something that he could turn on and off, you know, with a switch of a button. This was something that he was experiencing physically, emotionally, psychologically. There is evidence here that James was under significant emotional and physical stress over a prolonged period. At work, he embodied the characters he portrayed to such an extent that his friends were worried for his health. He suffered from self-doubt and relationship difficulties. Chronic stress damages the body. When you are stressed, a part of the brain called the amygdala signals to the bone marrow to produce extra white blood cells. This causes the arteries to become inflamed, leading to an increased risk of heart problems. In addition, people suffering from chronic stress frequently resort to unhealthy habits in order to manage it. And I have found evidence that in order to cope, James developed a life-threatening addiction. The fans watching on television had no idea of the chaos uh, that was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> James Gandolfini has died. Actor James Gandolfini died of a heart attack in Rome on June 19, 2013. Now, leading forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is trying to find out why. So far, I've built up a picture of a man who has paid a steep physical and emotional price for his commitment to his work as an actor. Overweight, a smoker, and someone with a tendency toward angry outbursts and low self-esteem. I have here evidence that James Gandolfini sought to deal with his problems through self-medicating. June 18th, 2013, one day before his death. James and Michael arrive in Rome after a 12-hour flight from LA and check into the Boscolo Hotel. Taking Michael to Italy 
had to be important. He wanted him to see his Italian-American heritage firsthand. That evening, father and son are photographed having dinner at the Sabatini restaurant. There were people shooting cell phone video of him in his final days in Rome. And there was video of him and pictures of him that emerged after his death. So I don't think he could go anywhere and not be recognized. It's reported by onlookers that James was eating pasta with clams and enjoying an unseasonably hot evening with his son. The waiter recalled he had a big smile, a big laugh, and looked happy. Reports also suggest he drank Campari and soda, as well as red wine. Drinking alcohol with meals or socially is common practice, but for James, it led to a dangerous dependency. I can see from these reports that he sought help for alcohol addiction at several points over the years. The severity of his problem was brought home just a few months before he was cast as Tony Soprano. In 1997, James was out in Los Angeles, and he was picked up by cops for driving under the influence. And I think that the incident triggered his first encounter with going into rehab. But it wasn't a problem James was able to deal with easily. I know he tried rehab a couple of times. I don't think it helped him. Though he had tried in the past to give up alcohol, it is evident that James was still drinking in the days leading up to his death. Excessive consumption of alcohol can cause abnormal heart rhythms, high blood pressure, and damage to your heart muscle, all of which can lead to heart attack. And I'm concerned he had another serious addiction that is consistent with sudden heart attack. James was well known for not turning up to the set. There were some days that I was with him and he just could not get up to go to work. He called and said, I'm sorry, but I just can't make it. I'll pay for whatever the day is going to cost, which was a lot of money. Guilt-ridden, the actor tried to make it up to his colleagues. When he came back, he'd be extremely upset about what happened. He would arrange to have uh, massages uh, for the cast and crew on the set, where he would have uh, uh, sushi uh, and, and special treats uh, delivered. I think he bought the entire crew watches. Everybody had a watch from him. It's a very generous man that was in his heart. Then, during the filming of the fourth series of The Sopranos, he didn't show up for an expensive end-of-season finale. They had pretty much shut down at the Westchester County, New York airport at a great expense. James simply never showed up. They didn't hear from him the next day. The next day after that, there were people on The Sopranos, the crew, who thought, you know, that maybe he died somewhere, maybe he's dead somewhere. It wasn't until four days later that a phone call came into the production office. He had no wallet and no cell phone. The only number he could remember was that of the production office. He said, that's James, I need to be picked up. 
I'm in the middle of Brooklyn. Around this time, James divorced his first wife, Marcy. According to allegations made by her during the divorce proceedings, some of his absences from the set were down to a serious cocaine addiction. Marcy had uh, kept a diary in which um, she had made entries very specific to his uh, secret battle with cocaine and alcohol abuse. This horrible uh, addiction uh, was controlling him to the point where he would drift out of the house, he would go off and buy drugs, he would end up with various women in, in very seedy and dark places. Very, very dark stuff. Cocaine works by increasing levels of the pleasure hormone dopamine, making the user feel high. It's extremely addictive and can be very damaging to the heart. Frequent users can suffer from cardiomyopathy, damage to the walls of the heart. This is associated with heart failure and heart attack. Ischemia, which is decreased or entirely blocked blood supply to the heart itself, can also occur, which can trigger a heart attack. With allegations about his private life making headlines, James decided to make a public statement. I was summoned to his publicist's office. He felt compelled that he needed to clear the air. He admitted to a cocaine habit, which began in his early 20s as a nightclub manager. The revelations were not a shock to those who knew him well. I wasn't surprised because I knew that he dabbled in those kind of things back then. And it appeared his addictions had worsened over the years. He wanted to get healthy. He wanted to get past his demons. But at the same time, it appears he never had the stomach to go through a traditional drug rehab. And so, as he had told me, he was in a day-to-day -day struggle with addiction. I think like for a lot of people, drugs that begin off as recreational end up becoming a crutch. And I think that's the case for, for James. So he, you know, he works at a bar, he does some drugs, and then eventually he realizes that you know, maybe this, these give him you know, a sense of comfort or they give him confidence, whatever the case may be. And so they, they become something that, that he relies on, sadly. James's addiction problems led to him going missing for days on end, disappearing from the set, and it contributed to the breakdown of his first marriage. It was a problem he did not seem to have control over, and I want to know whether cocaine played a part in his death. The death of actor James Gandolfini at age 51 sent shockwaves across the world. Now, expert forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is scrutinizing James's medical records to find out why he died. I've discovered that James Gandolfini was not a healthy man at the time of his death. He smoked, drank, was overweight, and he was known to have a cocaine addiction. Cocaine is commonly linked to severe cardiovascular and heart problems. I want to know if cocaine was the cause of the actor's fatal heart attack. 
June 19th, 2013, 7 p.m., Boscolo Hotel, Rome. Following a day of sightseeing, James and 13-year-old Michael go for dinner. His son, Michael, had never been to Italy. And I think that uh, Gandolfini was eager to show him uh, where his roots were from. Everybody who saw him that day said that he was uh, happy, that he was energetic. And all indications were that he was having a great time in Rome. It is later reported that the actor's final meal consisted of four shots of rum, two pina coladas, and two beers at dinner, as well as two orders of fried shrimp and a large portion of foie gras. 9 p.m., the pair returned to their hotel room. Michael, his son, last saw James when James uh, went into the bathroom. It was obviously James wasn't feeling well. Michael didn't hear anything from his father in the bathroom. The door was locked. He wasn't able to get in. He pounded on the door, received no response. Michael went running downstairs and alerted the people at the desk that his father might have been ill. They rushed upstairs and were able to get the door open. At this point, it's evident that James is not breathing and in a state of cardiac arrest. His heart has stopped pumping blood around his body. CPR or cardiopulmonary resuscitation is used to pump the heart manually in order to get blood circulating and continue to deliver oxygen to the brain. The hotel staff attempt to resuscitate James as they wait for an ambulance to arrive. 10.08 p.m. The emergency crew are on the scene approximately eight minutes after they are called. The statement from the ambulance driver was that they found the hotel workers uh, performing CPR on him, but he was flatlined already. There was nothing they could do. I can see that at this point, medics prepare to use a defibrillator to try to restart Gandolfini's heart. This is where an electric current is delivered to the chest wall. The shock is intended to interrupt an irregular heartbeat, which can occur during a heart attack, allowing it to return to normal. But eyewitness accounts suggest Gandolfini had already flatlined by this point. A defibrillator will only work when there's some activity within the heart, so the attempt was futile. 10.20 p.m., the actor arrives at the emergency room of the Umberto Hospital. It's a short ride to the hospital Umberto. Uh, the hospital tried to resuscitate him. Uh, they were unable to do so, and at 11 o'clock, they formally pronounced him dead. James Gandolfini is declared dead at 11 p.m.
friend of mine called me and told me put the news on. And I said, why? And he said, Jim passed away. And I, I almost collapsed. We have some breaking and very sad news. Hollywood is mourning the loss of actor James Gandolfini has died. News of James's death soon spreads around the world. When he died, I was shocked that he was gone because he was so such a massive force. But but the other part of me had expected it. Isn't that awful? I thought about him, you know, all day, all night, and just kind of just thought about the tragedy of it. While the public waits for the autopsy results, rumors circulate that his death was linked to his well-known battle with cocaine. My first thought was, oh my God, um, was this the result of his addictions? Was this a result of uh, substance abuse? Today we received the results of the autopsy, which stated he died of a heart attack of natural causes. The autopsy further states that nothing else was found in his system. When the autopsy came out, of course, nothing could bring him back. But in some way, a little part of me was, was happy in the sense that the addictions that he had struggled with so long in his life did not end his life. No drugs were found in James's body, so although cocaine may have caused long-term damage to his heart, he didn't die from a sudden cocaine-induced heart attack. However, I can see here that James suffered from a life-threatening condition which could have been responsible and which wouldn't necessarily have shown up on an autopsy. Sometimes I would just stay up watching him because I was so afraid. I was petrified. On June 19th, 2013, acclaimed actor James Gandolfini died while on vacation with his son in Rome. He was just 51 years old. His autopsy stated that Gandolfini died from acute myocardial infarction, otherwise known as a heart attack. But world-renowned expert pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter doesn't believe that's the whole story. Jim had sleep apnea. There was some times that he would fall asleep and he would just... <gasps> and, and not breathe. And I, I'd, like, shake him, you know, and he'd breathe again. But it was very scary. I'm like, you know, what What should I do if, if you didn't... You don't breathe, you know? He's, oh, call 911. Obstructive sleep apnea is when the walls of the throat relax and narrow during sleep, interrupting normal breathing. Sufferers are encouraged to wear a special mask when they sleep. Failure to do so means that they stop breathing and then start again with a gasp. This can happen hundreds of times a night. He was very embarrassed to wear this apparatus that was like a snorkel kind of thing with a hose. And I mean, I didn't mind because I didn't want him to die. It's estimated that untreated sleep apnea may raise the risk of dying from heart disease by up to five times. 
I'm certain this would have had a negative effect on James's health. And Dr. Hunter has found evidence that James was suffering from another deadly disease. We did a breakfast scene in a diner, and he was eating steak and eggs. I said, you know how much cholesterol is in there? He says, 25% of my arteries are blocked. I said, are you crazy? And he said, hey, 75% still work. <laughs> Any percentage of blockage in the arteries means the sufferer has the disease atherosclerosis. Plaque is made up of fat, cholesterol, calcium, and other substances found in the blood. Over time, plaque hardens and narrows the arteries. If this builds up in the coronary arteries, those leading to the heart, this is called coronary heart disease. Jim knew that he needed to make changes in his health, and I would suggest things to him, but it wasn't something that was easy for him. I remember him saying, what do you think? You're the one that's going to help me. <laughs> You're the one that's going to change my weight. Overall, James was at very high risk of heart attack. Smoking, drinking, cocaine abuse, his weight, sleep apnea, and atherosclerosis. But why did he die on that day, June 19th, 2013, in Rome? I think the answer lies in the events just prior to his death. On the day he died, it was unseasonably hot in Rome, with temperatures reaching 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Rome in the summer is vicious, and you have to walk everywhere to sightsee. If you have a little bit of weight on you, any kind of heat, any kind of warmth is one of the most uncomfortable things there are. People with atherosclerosis are at higher risk of heart attack during hot weather. Sweating leads to dehydration, which reduces the volume of blood. And this makes the heart pump harder, which in turn can overwhelm the heart and result in a heart attack. James then went on to eat a heavy, high-fat meal accompanied by several alcoholic drinks. And I think that this, more than anything, is what led to his fatal cardiac arrest. Apparently, he ordered a couple of plates of deep-fried shrimp, uh, an order of foie gras, so not the latest meal you can imagine on a hot day, and then several drinks, including two pina coladas, a couple of beers, and then four shots of, uh, of rum. A recent study indicates that a heavy meal quadruples the chances of a heart attack in the first two hours after eating. After eating a heavy meal, the coronary arteries can constrict, making it more difficult for blood to flow. In addition, the blood becomes fattier and thicker. When someone already has diseased arteries, this can cause a blood clot to form, leading to a heart attack. In James Gandolfini's case, his final meal was very likely the trigger. The heavy food constricting his already diseased arteries, while the alcohol raised his blood pressure further. James was well aware that his arteries were partially blocked and that his health was in danger. The tragedy is that he didn't have the self-love he needed to look after his body. 
It's amazing when you look from the outside and you kind of think, you know, this man's life ticks every box. You know, he had a, you know, people that loved him. He had an amazing career. He had um, accolades from, you know, from people high up in his industry. Um, and yet, maybe it wasn't enough to make him feel that, you know, he was okay as he was. And I think very sadly, you know, one has to wonder if, if James Gandolfini ever really knew how amazing he was. He was a pioneer. I mean, he was a giant in the sense that he brought cinematic acting to television. I have so many people coming up to me and saying, you know, I prefer television series over films now. And I think of him and I thank him. He was born to be an actor. That's all he wanted to do. He was a very generous, caring, loving, unique person. I remember him uh, with an open heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.